0: Hey, guess what's happening on this week's episode of the Beating Diabetes Lifestyle Podcast with your friend and host, Oscar Camejo. Hey folks, welcome again to this week's episode of the Beating Diabetes Lifestyle Podcast. This is part two, folks, of taking control of diabetes. We're gonna focus on why losing weight is so important. When it comes to body weight, it's a very sensitive topic for a lot of people. And getting to an ideal weight you know, a healthy weight is easier said than done. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about personally. <laughs> but when you have type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes, trust me, there are huge benefits to losing weight if you carry that extra belly fat, that extra weight, that stubborn fat that we all want to get rid of. If you have pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes, listen to me. It is possible to reverse the condition, in many cases, of course. But with some lifestyle changes, this can become a reality in your life. It's going to take a commitment to put in the necessary work to make it happen. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen by magic. The same is true even if you don't have prediabetes or type 2 diabetes. But you may be concerned about developing these conditions in the future. Folks, you can reduce your risk by maintaining a healthy weight, following healthy eating principles and being physically active on a regular basis. Basically, making it your lifestyle is going to require work. So if you're ready to put in the work, this podcast episode is for you. In this week's episode, you can expect to learn why losing weight is such a big deal. You're also going to receive some practical recommendations from me for finally taking control of type 2 diabetes through weight loss. You're going to receive my recommendations on making lifestyle changes for overall health. So stick around to hear the rest of today's episode. My friend, you really don't want to miss it. Let's go. Welcome to the Beating Diabetes Lifestyle Podcast with me, your host, Oscar Camejo, helping diabetics make lifestyle changes to reverse type 2 diabetes. You know, when I was 268 pounds and diagnosed with type 2 diabetes back in August 2020, I had to learn as much as I could about diabetes and how my weight gain contributed to me developing type 2 diabetes. You see, folks, by losing weight, I was able to slowly be weaned off of diabetes medication and eventually reverse type 2 diabetes. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist yet. (laughs) I'm simply a guy who decided to take my health seriously. When I had that diabetes scare, folks, I decided that, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to get this weight off of me. I'm going to learn as much as I can, do whatever it takes to turn my life around. And folks, I was able to lose over 80 pounds and I feel great. I have lots of energy. I get proper sleep now and I just love it. I feel alive. Believe it or not, I used to also deal with high blood pressure and high cholesterol. I used to have to take meds for both of those conditions. You see, I was also at risk of developing heart disease and other serious issues. So listen to me. If you're at risk like I was, I encourage you to aim for reaching a healthy weight in order to benefit your overall health as well. Now, keep this in mind. Taking control of diabetes includes controlling blood sugar levels. If your blood sugar level is regularly above normal, then your risk of developing type 2 diabetes increases. Now, before I go any further, I want you to do some homework. I want you to look up the term. You can Google it, uh, go online and just look up this term, insulin resistance, what causes it and how it's related to diabetes. And a lot of this is going to make sense. Once I started learning about uh, insulin resistance and what insulin is supposed to be doing in my body and what my body wasn't doing, things just started to click and I understood why I had to cut back on the bread, the pastas, the rice and the potatoes, why I had to cut back on the processed foods, the sugary drinks, why I had to cut out the, the cookies and all this other stuff because they were all impacting my blood glucose levels, basically my blood sugar levels. And so insulin resistance is that condition that actually led to me developing type 2 diabetes. So research it. I believe that by learning about insulin resistance, your eyes are going to be open. You're going to learn a lot more about what your body's supposed to be doing. You know, when I was coming out of the hospital, I was given some brochures and some printouts talking about type 2 diabetes and how to manage it. And none of that literature talked about reversing type 2 diabetes or sending it into remission. I didn't get any understanding, not, a, not any full understanding of even pre-diabetes and how did I end up in this situation in the first place. All I know is I had gotten up to 268 pounds. I was overweight. Matter of fact, I was considered obese. And me being overweight had a, an effect on my health, folks. And I didn't take it seriously back in 2018 when I was first diagnosed with pre-diabetes. And I wish I had, man. I, looking back, I could have saved myself a headache. And I could have saved myself a lot of money. I could have saved myself from going to the hospital and almost dying. And I believe that there are a lot of you all who are tuning into this podcast and you're looking for answers. I've said it before, I'm a regular guy and I made a decision to turn my life around. I'm living proof that it can be done. And I believe. That if we turn our lives around, if we start taking our health and nutrition seriously, we can improve our health, folks. And by making even some small changes to how we eat, you know, what we put in our bodies and what we do with our bodies in terms of exercise, we can make a difference, folks. You know, I can I can pull out a whole bunch of research and give you a bunch of stats. At the end of the day, what does that really mean? For you, beyond the stats, beyond the studies, what about you in your personal life? Are you carrying a bunch of excess weight that you really don't need? You and I both know that it's uncomfortable when we're overweight. I mean, I had problems sleeping, I had problems um, just with frequent urination. stress, and just other things were just going on. I had problems with my vision. And um, and it was all related back to diabetes and me being overweight. So I want to encourage you all today. Um, there may be some things that you're dealing with that nobody knows about. Maybe your loved ones don't even know about or maybe just a select few and you're carrying the burden of being overweight, being obese and dealing with health complications and you're scared. I've been there. You probably feel alone. You probably feel confused and you've probably tried all kinds of weight loss plans and diets and exercise routines. Listen, folks, folks, Um, Hear my heart. I really don't feel like it needs to be complicated. I don't do complicated. I don't like complications, things that are so complex that it's hard to follow. I just believe in simple, practical, everyday things that we can do to lose weight, to get down to a healthy weight and maintain it. That's why, you know, I've heard it said that don't follow a diet because sometimes these these diets are short-term and once you reach, let's say a certain goal, a lot of people fall back or it's just difficult for them to maintain. So I wanna encourage you to uh, really focus on losing weight in the simplest way you can so that you can get the weight off of you, you can feel better, And you can keep the weight off of you. That's what's important. So now why is losing weight so important? You know, when my doctor told me (laughs) to go ahead and lose the weight, uh, yeah, he didn't give me a plan. I just had to go and figure it out. And I had to, I had a lot of questions like literally, why is losing weight so important? You know, why can't I just, you know, take some meds and be okay. But I know me and I didn't want to be on medication for the rest of my life. My doctor once told me that I was probably going to be on medication for long-term. And I used to see that phrase, long-term therapy or treatment on all the paperwork I would get from the doctor's office. And man, that used to bother me. I was like, nah, I got to get off with this medication. So Eventually, I was able to get off medication, folks. You know, I did follow my doctor's order, uh, but I put in some practical work to get the weight off of me. And I eventually, let's see, the first medication I think I got off of was insulin. You know, I used to have to take insulin injections to regulate my blood sugar. And then I slowly started being weaned off of high blood pressure medication and high cholesterol medication, and then eventually uh, got off of metformin, which was you know diabetes pills that I were taking that I was taking, and I slowly was able to be weaned off of that and got a clean bill of health eventually from my doctor, and every doctor visit since then. I keep getting thumbs up from my doctor. So I'm telling you what I know by experience. No, I haven't conducted any studies. I'm not a researcher in the sense of um, like being a doctor or anything of that nature. Again, I'm a guy who went through it. So uh, again, any advice that I give you, you know, you see what works for you, chew the meat, spit out the bones, get advice from your um, diabetes educator, from your doctors, from your nutritionists, and so forth so that you can do what works for you. So again, why is losing weight so important? Let's, let's keep it moving. It is said that the link between weight and type 2 diabetes is very strong. There's a strong connection. There are some studies that confirm that the vast majority of patients with type 2 diabetes are overweight or obese, and that obese people are at a high risk of developing type 2 diabetes. You know, several studies have uh, been conducted and have shown that obese people are also at a higher risk of developing cardiovascular disease, and the risk is even higher you know, obese people with type two diabetes. Now, folks, when I was obese and I was overweight, yeah, I had some heart issues going on and it was a scare. <laughs> My doctor straight up told me, hey, you know, you can end up having a heart attack. So uh, we need to get your cholesterol down and and so forth. So uh, we went to work and I'm happy to say that I'm alive to tell the story. But now let me back up for a second and let me say this. Not all individuals who are obese or overweight will develop diabetes and not everyone diagnosed with type two diabetes are overweight. Okay. I needed to make that very, very clear because some people may think, oh, you know what? Oh, uh, type two diabetes is a fat people problem. No, there are people who are not overweight and not quote unquote fat or obese that have developed type 2 diabetes. And there's different factors that have led to that. I won't go into it here. So I don't want you to automatically think that, oh, because I'm big, I'm automatically going to develop type 2 diabetes or be pre-diabetic. You know, but there is overwhelming evidence to say that people who uh, have type 2 diabetes are overweight or obese. So to me, it stands to reason that, you know what, regardless, if I'm carrying a lot of weight, unnecessary weight, maybe I need to get this off of me because there are a whole bunch of other health risks that are associated with being uh, overweight and being obese that may not even have anything to do with type 2 diabetes. Hopefully you get my point. So the potential to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes in high-risk people through lifestyle interventions such as diet modification, you know, changing your diet, you know, reducing your weight and increasing your physical activity has been seen in quite a few trials and studies. So let's first focus on three groups of people when it comes to diabetes. Number one, there's the first group are, are those who don't have pre-diabetes or type 2 diabetes, but may be at risk of developing these conditions. Is that you? Number two, the second group, those who do have pre-diabetes. So pre-diabetes basically in a nutshell is when your blood sugar levels are slightly above normal, but not high enough to be considered um, type 2 diabetes or have type 2 diabetes. And then the third group is a group of people who have established or developed type 2 diabetes. Now, I used to be in all three categories. I was somebody who was at risk of developing prediabetes and type 2 diabetes because of my lifestyle at the time. Then eventually, because I didn't change my eating, I just kept eating whatever I wanted, kept eating high fatty foods, high carb foods. You know, uh, saturated fat and um, a lot of sweets and drinking soda and fruit juices every day, I uh, eventually developed pre diabetes. And then uh, because I didn't change my lifestyle, I eventually went from being pre diabetic to having type 2 diabetes. And again, as I said before, (laughs) I kick myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. I should have turned things around. But you know what? I'm here to tell you about it and I'm here to encourage other people and help to save some lives and save some limbs. So, you know, out of misfortune, sometimes there's a blessing. So my blessing is to have this podcast and the website and other resources to be a blessing to you all. So uh, let's move on. In overweight and obese people with type 2 diabetes, now again, let me be specific. People who are overweight and people who are obese who already have type 2 diabetes, it is said that losing approximately 5% of body weight has been shown to improve blood glucose in those folks. So basically, uh, if a person, is overweight. Um, if someone is obese and they have type two diabetes, if they work on losing roughly about five percent of their body weight, they can in they can improve their blood glucose control. And remember earlier, I had encouraged you all to look up insulin resistance, what causes it, and how it's related to type two diabetes. Uh, this is going to make sense. So. Um, make sure you go back and do that homework, okay? So 5%, that doesn't seem like a lot. So let's say if you have type 2 diabetes or even if you have pre-diabetes, I want you to focus on losing roughly around 5% of your body weight because you know that extra fat that's on your body. And when I'm talking about the extra fat, I'm talking about The subcutaneous fat, that's the fat that's just underneath your skin, let's say in your midsection area. Um, And then there's a visceral fat. The visceral fat is the fat around your organs. And that fat um, really has led to more and more complications that people experience. So let's say 5% of your body fat, of your body weight, if you can work on losing that, you can see dramatic results. Now, I want to say something else about um, visceral fat and um, losing weight. You know, sometimes when you get on a scale and the scale may say 250 pounds, 270 pounds or 300 pounds, whatever you weigh, some people get really obsessed with like, oh, that number. When you begin to Start losing weight. There may be a time where you you reach a plateau because you're also exercising. Maybe you're doing some weight training or cardio or whatnot. And let's say you're building muscle and you reach a plateau, and you may be like, "Whoa, I'm. Why am I still, you know, here at 200 or 220, and it just seems like nothing is changing?" Well, you know, there is a difference between muscle and fat right? I won't go too much into it right now, but what I want you to focus in on is not losing body weight, your total body weight. You're specifically wanting to lose fat. Now that is very important because again, the excess fat around your organs and the subcutaneous fat underneath your skin can contribute to health risks. So when you are working on, uh, let's say, your new eating lifestyle, you're focusing on, I want you to focus on eating better foods or eating healthier foods so that you can reduce your body fat. Now, remember, your body is made up of bone, is made up of organs, is made, You know, comprised of water and so forth, as well as body fat, right? You don't want to lose muscle. You want to maintain a healthy um, muscle mass, if you will. But what you do want to do is reduce your body fat. And there's different techniques, there's different ways, such as intermittent fasting, of course, cutting out your breads, your rice, your potatoes, your pastas. And so forth your sugary drinks and we can get into all of that uh, in a little bit but again back to losing weight if you focus on losing roughly about five percent of your body weight um, in fat let's say then you'll start to see some real benefits so i want you to set an initial goal of dropping five percent of your current body weight okay So, some people may say, well, I just want to lose 80 pounds or I I want to lose 50 pounds. And it's some arbitrary number that they throw out. Um, But the road to get there is not going to, I mean, the path to get there is not going to be something that you can just take overnight. So, I want you to do things in small chunks. So, let's start with 5% of your body weight. So, if you're currently weighing 250 pounds, 5% would be 12.5 pounds. I believe that's an attainable goal. So again, whatever your weight is, I want you to look at losing roughly 5%. Let that be a goal. Let that be a marker to get you going. So that leads into how to begin taking control of diabetes through weight loss. So as I mentioned, focusing on losing at least 5% of body fat. So, okay, how do we begin? H- how do we do that? So, um, you definitely want to know your body measurements. You want to know your waist size. You want to, um, see, okay, are there signs of having visceral fat, um, around your body or, or on your body? Well, if you, it is said that if you are a woman and your waist circumference is uh, 35 inches or more, or if you're a man, 40 inches or more, then that is a sign that you have excess visceral fat. Again, that's the fat around your, your waist. So um, your midsection, if you will. So the goal is to reduce your waist size and to reduce and do that by reducing your visceral fat. So there's different ways to measure your, your inches, your, your waist. Uh, you can do it yourself by getting a tape measure or go to your local gym. They can help you with that. OK, so again, look at your waist size. You want to know your waist size. You want to know where you start started off. I believe my max waist size was like 44 inches, like 44 or 46 at one point. Yeah, it, it, it was tough, folks. Um, I can see the signs of me being overweight and obese, definitely in my stomach. My face was like really, really round. My neck size um, was, I remember having button down shirts that I could no longer button. It had gotten to a point where I visibly um, was in a place that I know I needed to change. So know your body measurements. Again, not just your weight and how much the scale says, but you want to know what your waist size is. And then you want to start targeting, getting beneath 40 inches if you're a man, uh, if you're a man or 35 inches if you're a woman. So those are some things that are achievable. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some work, but you can do it. If I can, you can too. I'm big on nutrition. And so healthy living, I believe, starts with healthy eating. And uh, healthy eating, that could be different things for different people. And I won't go um, too much in depth uh, in this podcast. But I will say this, you don't need to follow a specific or special diet to lose weight, to lose that belly fat. Yeah, there are some diet programs that are out there that can help you to get started. They can help you to reach your weight goal. But like I always say, you want to develop a lifestyle, an eating lifestyle, an eating pattern. As um, you take control of your diabetes, because you don't want to go on a diet that's going to be short lived. You want to have a diet that or an eating pattern, excuse me, that is sustainable, that this is how you live. That's how I live right now. I'm not on the diet. I never did a diet. I didn't count calories. I didn't count carbs. I didn't do any of that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. But I just wanted to keep it simple. I did an inventory of the stuff that I was eating that I learned was not helping me. And for me, again, that was the rice, the pastas, the potatoes and the breads that also included fried foods, sugary drinks like sodas, fruit juices, sports drinks, um, sweet, you know, uh, things that had artificial sweeteners in it. I just had to get rid of that stuff, folks. And I encourage you to start with the 10 to 14 day challenge. Challenge yourself to cut out the breads, the rice, the pastas, and the potatoes. Cut out the fried foods. Choose more grill to bake options. Stop eating out as much. Cook more at home. I mean, that was big. I mean, make yourself some smoothies in the morning, Uh, make your own lunch instead of having to go to the fast food place every day. Um, Same thing with dinner. Folks, I used to eat out three times a day every day. You know how much money that was that I was spending? That was crazy. That was local. Let me move on. So uh, eating smarter, eating healthier and being more conscious of the things that you put in your body is going to go a long way. I want you to start eating more leafy green vegetables with every meal, you know, specifically, you know, your lunch and dinner. A lot of people don't get enough vegetables in their diet. And I'm talking about colorful variety of vegetables. I'm not telling you what specifically to eat. I'm talking about getting some vegetables that you like. Even try some, you know, come on expand your territory, expand your palate, as they say. You know, maybe you don't like broccoli, but you like spinach and you like collards. Um, You may not like kale, but you may try something else. The bottom line is eat more leafy green vegetables every day. Eat more colorful vegetables. Uh, Let's say when you're making dinner, incorporate some Different color peppers, you know, not just green peppers, you know, there are red peppers, yellow peppers, and orange peppers, and get some zucchini, get some squash. Um, Just think about eating with the variety of colors. Not only are you going to eat less carbs, because that's a big thing when it comes to losing weight, is reducing your carb intake. Uh, Am I saying to completely cut out? Um, breads for the rest of your life and rice and pasta. No, I occasionally have, have those things, but I'm at a point right now where I can do that, you know, maybe once every other week or something like that. But again, when you're working on making those lifestyle changes and creating a habit of eating healthier foods and eating smarter and being more of a conscious uh, eater, You want to take inventory of what you're eating, get rid of the stuff that's negatively impacting your life and and your health. And if you don't know, I would, if I were you, get a notepad, go around to in your kitchen, your pantry, your cupboards, you know, uh, and you may have a secret stash of stuff. Just write all that stuff down. And it's something about seeing everything on paper. The chips, the cookies, the sodas, the fruit juices, um, the snack bars, all of that stuff. And look at those things and decide, okay, wow, man, I'm eating a lot of processed foods, a lot of the cookies, a lot of the baked goods and and so forth. And decide, okay, well, what things, y- you know, you need to start eliminating and start incorporating more healthier options. Folks, I had to stop buying chips. I don't bring chips in my house at all. I had to stop. You know, I used to buy a whole bunch of cookies, Pop Tarts, and all that stuff. I stopped buying it because it was too easy to grab those things and just go crazy, you know, and eating late at night, all of that stuff. And that's another thing. You want to stop eating late at night because when you eat uh, late at night and you're staying up late at night, you tend to, for some people like me, you you know, or how I used to be, you tend to eat more snack foods and more junk foods late at night. And then you end up going to bed with a whole bunch of stuff on your stomach that shouldn't even be on your stomach. And yeah, and then it starts affecting your sleep. And then you get up in the middle of the night and you want something sugary to drink and eat. I mean, that was me. I would make like two and three peanut butter and jelly sandwiches some nights and Plus, drink some orange juice with it or grape juice. And man, no wonder why I ballooned up to 268 pounds because I was putting some stuff in my body that I shouldn't have, folks. So, when it comes to drinks, I want you to incorporate drinking lots of water. If you were like me back in the day, <laughs> I used to hate the taste of water. Well, not hate. Uh, For me, water didn't have any taste, so it was not anything that I was, like, gravitating towards, so I didn't drink a lot of water. I just, I used to stay away from it. But now I love water, and water has so many benefits to it that, you know, it hydrates your body, of course. It helps your cells to function. It helps to lubricate joints. I mean, there's so many benefits to water. Folks, I don't drink soda anymore. I don't have a taste for it. I don't drink sports drinks anymore. Never drank alcohol, never will. Never had a taste for it, no pun intended. And um, I replace all of that stuff, man. All of the soda, the sports drinks, the fruit juices, the lemonades, the sweet teas. I replace all of that with water. (laughs) And I know for some people they may say, man, water's boring. Well, you can flavor your water with some lemon or lime and maybe some fruit and some other stuff, make you some spa water, you know, get you some sparkling water, you know, that may be a good option. So uh, folks in this episode, there's no way I could have gone over every single thing that you need to do, but hopefully this whets your appetite to uh, live healthier and make healthier options when it comes to your health and preventing diabetes or controlling diabetes and even better, reversing the condition. You know, folks, uh, there's so much that I'm learning and I'm grateful that you all are on this journey with me. As I learn, I'm going to share with you all and just keep following this podcast i'm gonna in the future you know talk more about nutrition some specifics when it comes to nutrition that's just my thing and i love it you know i didn't even get into exercise in this um, podcast episode maybe i need to do a part three we'll see but it goes without saying yeah be more active get out there and walk more move more and for some people it may um Be that you need to do more intense exercises, you know, resistance training, do more outdoor cardio work like running. Um, But for others, it may just be something as simple as walking around your neighborhood um, for 30 minutes a day. The bottom line is get more active, be less sedentary, improve your health by moving more, eating better. Again, what we put in our body is very important, and I would say is more important than what we do with our body in terms of exercise, because listen, um, yeah, some people may say, oh, well, this person is a couch potato. Well, just sitting down is not the cause of obesity and, you know, overweight and and anything of that nature is what we do when we are sedentary. When we're sitting down watching TV, we're eating a bunch of snacks, we're eating a bunch of unhealthy foods, high sodium foods, high fat content foods, high sugary foods, and so forth. That's just leading to a whole bunch of complications. And then we slowly gain a lot of weight, which affects our metabolism and, and so forth. And then when our metabolism is out of whack, you know, it becomes more and more easy to run the risk of developing health conditions um, that we can avoid. So in any case, folks, um, I want you to be encouraged. I've been there where you may be right now, kind of confused and but yet still looking forward to making changes. So I want you to remember study insulin resistance, go and read up on insulin resistance and how it relates to diabetes is going to open your mind. So folks, I love you all. Thank you for tuning in once again. And if you haven't already tell somebody about this podcast, it comes out every week and I share practical tips on how to um, not only reverse type 2 diabetes, but how to live a healthy lifestyle, whether you have type 2 diabetes or not, whether you have prediabetes or not. It's all about feeling great, folks, and feeling motivated to, you know, live healthy and make healthier options. And I have some things that I have uh, in the works that um, one day I think you're going to benefit from it. You know, once I tell you about it, I think you're going to love it. All right, folks, like I always tell you, stay focused, keep moving, never go back, leap forward, bounce back because you can, my friend. And above all else, trust God. You got this. I believe in you. Be sure to visit the website at www.BeatingDiabetesLifestyle.com for access to free resources and other information that will help you along your journey. If you would like to submit a question or a comment about the show or to learn more about the Beating Diabetes Lifestyle, you can always email me at hello at BeatingDiabetesLifestyle.com. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Beating Diabetes Lifestyle Podcast with Oscar Camejo. We hope you enjoyed this episode. As a reminder, this podcast is intended for motivational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a physician or other healthcare professional or qualified fitness instructor. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or professional advice or services. If you're looking for help on your journey, seek a qualified medical practitioner. It's important that you utilize someone who is a trained, licensed healthcare professional who can help you on your journey toward good health.